to you live from the cocaine cabinet inside the evidence room at HPD. It's the Junior Kekoeva Jr. Show, starring Junior Kekoeva Jr. Join Junior along with the Wayne Borhe Band as he makes any kind from Hawaii. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Junior Kekoeva Jr. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Bro, I never did think would be like this, bro. I never did think would be like this. Bro, we're going to say how's it to uh, aloha to the people in United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, South Africa, Germany, and Belgium. And in the United States, oh, man, the percentage is going up. Okay, so California... Uh, Texas, Virginia, Montana, Nevada, Utah, Washington, New Jersey, Tennessee, Massachusetts, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, and Arizona. But we like to uh, mahalo you guys and, and tell you guys thank you, cause uh, bro, we never we never did think we'd be like this. But it, you know it was so the kind, right? It was so like this that that we had to actually uh, change to our theme song that we own, cause cause uh, this guy told us he said. Uh, Bro, you know, because we check, we check with the with the rights because we wanted to do the right thing. Because you know, in the beginning, when we when we put our theme song, everything, right, and then they told us they said, "Oh well, bro, you know the 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 podcast app company they they cover everything." <laughs> Wrong. Okay, so uh, so we found out, right? This is what we found. We found out that every play, so everybody that listen, right, for every person, we gotta pay on royalty. So, uh, so the guy said, uh, "Bro, you have a you have a record company, don't you guys have some original music, or can't you make something?" And I said, "Yeah, you know my my uh, my my conductor for thirty years, right? My musical partner and and my best friend, uh, Wayne Borhe. He was blind musical genius. He wrote this song uh, called Junior's Theme, but but he used to play this at our gigs and everything. You know, he used to play this like like all over the place. And um, so whenever we did one show." In between the songs or, you know, like at the end, I mean, at the end of the show, he used to play this and it's called Junior's Theme. So we decided to record it. So he recorded it. It's on his album. So if you guys want to buy a copy of this, uh, you can. It's it's on iTunes. It's under Wayne Borje, B-O-R-J-E. It's called The Musical Genius of Wayne Borje. That's his CD. And it's on it's on iTunes, along with some other jazz instrumentals. But um, that's one of the songs. So yeah, so we're using uh, our own stuff now because oh, bro, the guy the guy told me, bro, you know this could cost you about five thousand dollars an episode in the long run, and he goes, if this thing goes worldwide, you gotta pay international copyrights. I'm like, huh? <laughs> I had on hand moment, but the hand went all the way up. I was like, huh? <laughs> went way up, Hoings. I was like, okay, okay, okay. But because you know what, I never thought it was gonna be like this. I thought we was going to have one handful of listeners. I thought the listeners only going to be like on Oahu. I, I, I thought, you know, we just have maybe a couple hundred listeners or something. But this thing is actually taking off. And we like to thank Steve Jobs because the majority of, of the listenership is coming from Apple Podcasts. So Apple Podcasts is responsible uh, for this and uh, for getting us out there. 
Uh, actually, actually, no. Actually, you know, we go to Anchor, right? And we have our distribution. Our distribution sent it to Apple and to Google Podcasts and to Spotify to uh, what's that on Breaker? We're on Breaker. We're on. Um, we're on eight of them. Uh, I don't know if we could get the. I don't know if we can get the the ones we're on. If we can get everything, but um, but yeah, I mean, bro, this this is like uh, you know. We're actually on a lot of uh, podcasts, and we're very grateful. So um, we're also on, uh, uh, yeah, we're on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, all of that. But the the one that's really heavy uh, for us, anyway, is is uh, uh, Apple Podcasts. So we like to say mahalo, uh, mahalo to uh, everybody that uh, listening to us over there. Oh man, so so you know, we, we was thinking, right? And we was we was. Uh, you know, we discuss a lot of stuff on a, on a podcast, okay? But but I gotta tell you, you know, the thing that one other thing that's bothering me in Hawaii is that local people are becoming an endangered species. Yeah, for real. No, I'm not kidding. You know, local people, and they, you know, it's because everybody is forced to move to the mainland. You know, and they forced to move to the mainland because they cannot make them here. I mean, things are really expensive, right? And you got to make over $100,000 a year to, to, like, live comfortably over here. I mean, to just live. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, you, if you're doing two or 300000 a year, then you can be comfortable. But just to stay, I mean, it's unreal. You know, and local people, because, okay. So I'm going to tell you guys a story of when I left home and when I went back and the difference. Okay. So, so we, we was talking about this on other podcast, how I met Don Ho. Right. And I told you guys, I, I didn't, you know, it came to me. Right. I didn't go look for him in the beginning. You know, it just happened. You know, I was sitting in the showroom waiting to see his show when I was when I was 13. And um, his daughter came walking down the aisle. You know, I knew her. Right. I knew her from from back home. And she was walking down the aisle. She goes, hey, what you doing here? She found me. Right. And and I go, oh, I just came to see the show. She goes, want to meet my dad? I'm like, yeah. So she took me in the back. So this is the law of attraction, right? So the law of attraction uh, did this, right? And or you can say God or you know divine intervention, whatever. And and after you know after him being my hero for so long at the time, right? I got to meet him. And then then when I got out of high school at 17, right? He was the only guy I knew. And and I came here, you know, when I came here, and then well, I went I went straight down to go see him, you know, because because I knew him, right? And he introduced me to a lot of other people. And when he introduced me to people, they would introduce me to other people and go, oh, Don introduced him to us. So so that was like the stamp of approval, right? So, I mean, you know, through all those things and, and you know, that way doors began to open and, and friendships began to be made and, and that kind of stuff. And that was the beginning. But, but you know, uh, I got to tell you the story about when I went home and and you know under the theme of local people are, are an endangered species okay so so you know i grew up i grew up on Kauai and and uh back in the day i mean we i think we had one samoan guy in our high school and and we had caucasians but but we had like a small amount of caucasians i mean small uh we had a large group of cuz you know Kauai is a plantation town right so we had a lot of Filipinos, a lot of Japanese, Chinese, a uh, lot of Hawaiians. We had, uh, you know, a lot of ethnicities, but but uh, not as diverse as as Oahu. 
Uh, I mean, you know, we, we had Koreans, but just a few. Uh, we didn't have any Vietnamese that I knew of. I mean, you know, Indonesians, stuff like that. We, we never had that kind of communities, um, you know, but but the, the heavy communities was like the plantation one, Filipinos, Japanese, Chinese, Portuguese, you know, those people were like, yeah, we had choke, we choke. And our, our classmates, majority was brown. And this is not a racial thing. I'm just saying what it was. This is what it was. And so so there was a heavy concentration of, of local people. And, and the local people was people, I mean, they were from other places. When you go back several generations, right? They was from other places, but they came, they settled, right? They, they, they made their lives and everything. And, and that's how we knew them. And, and, you know, they would, a lot of their parents and grandparents worked for the plantation, the sugar plantation, a lot of sugar on Kauai. And so, um, so anyway, I decided when I was 17, right? That I told my mother, put me on a plane. I'm going, I'm never coming home. So, um, so my mother, you know, she, she was like, oh, okay. Well, my mother always did what I wanted. You know, my mom always, she, was, she wasn't on board with all my ideas, but she always ultimately allowed me to do what I want. You know, my mom was like that. She was real cool like that. Um, and, and, you know, she wasn't really on board with the fact that I want, because I told my mom, I want to be, I'm going to be a star. I'm not coming home till I'm a star, right? <laughs> my mother's like, okay, whatever, right? But, um, but I wanted to, I wanted to entertain. I wanted to do my music. I wanted to go into show business, right? I wanted to, you know, do all of that. And that's why I sought out Don Ho, because I wanted to figure out, okay, how do you do this? I wanted to learn, and I wanted to learn from the man, and Uncle Don was the man, so when my mom put me on a plane, right, she took me down the airport, she put me on a plane. It was this small little airport in Lihui, the old airport, right? Not the one they got now, right? And and this was in, <laughs> I don't even want to tell you what year it was, but it wasn't the 80s yet. It was a couple more years before the 80s came in. And, and you know, so so I went, I went out, got on the plane, I came here, and the rest, as they say, is history, right? And it was a long road. And the road was harder over here because I was from over there. I mean, the guys over here, they grew up here. They all knew each other. They, you know, everybody go up together. Uh, it was very hard to penetrate the uh, the cliques over here because the cliques over here, but it, it, you know, these guys, they all know each other and, and they all, they all tight with each other. So somebody from, from outside, it, it was very difficult, right? It was, it was difficult because, you know, on the on from the, somebody from the outside coming in, breaking in, like you had to have the blessing of of some guys over here, and and there were some guys that you know was really good, and then they, then there was some other guys that that was really a holes, and, and you know they try to keep you out, they try to tear you down. I mean that 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 happens any place, right? So I came here, right, and I thought, okay, so I went to seek out Uncle Don, I went to go find him, and I found him, and I, you know all of that. And the rest, as they say, is history. Now, I stayed for 10 years without going home because I was hot-headed. I, I told my mom, I'm not coming home. So in other words, what I was really telling her was, I'm not coming home till I'm a success. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work my tail off, whatever. I'm going to be on success, and I'm not coming home till I do that. And so 10 years went by, right? And in the 10 years, you know, I started doing radio, and I started, you know, and and uh, I, I, I got as far as... KCCN, Hawaiian Radio. You know, I'm going to tell that story, but uh, that that's for another podcast. But I got as far as there, and I, you know, I started doing 
uh, started doing radio and stuff, and they put me on the weekends. I was also their production director, which meant that I produced radio and television commercials for a living uh, every day. And I had three stations, three radio stations worth of work to do every day. And so, um, and it's not just me. I mean, you know, they, I, as a production director, you assign commercials to people. You know, they come in, you produce them or they produce them, whatever. And then you put them on the radio. So that's what I did Monday through Friday. And then on the weekends, you know, I, I was doing a radio show uh, from midnight to six in the morning on KCC and FM 100. So, so I mean, you know, that, that was my life for a while. And, and while I was in that life, right, um, I was praying to God. I was like, I was like, please, Father God, let me do my music. Please let me do my music. You know, it, please make a way that, that I can do my music, right? So, so that was going on in my head. And, you know, I was praying because I was around the music industry. I met all these guys. I had contacts and stuff, but I wasn't doing my music. And, you know, I was talking to the musicians. In fact, one of these guys, I was talking to Paka Smith. And um, we became friends. And, um, you know, I was telling Paka Smith, I said, hey, how come, I mean, you, you know, you're doing reggae stuff. I don't do reggae, but, but you're you at the top of the charts with this one song because he, he had a song that was, was number one for a while. And, and he said, you know, bro, he said, my, my heart is in Hawaiian music, but I got to do this to pay the bills. I got to do the reggae to pay the bills. But my heart is in Hawaiian music. So I got the idea to start changing my music until I talked to this guy, Jake Ho'opai. And Jake told me, bro, don't change your music. Don't change your music for anybody. You, you do what you do and you, you stay what, you know, how you are. And, and don't, don't go sacrificing uh, your standards and, and whatever for, for anything else. So I, so I stopped doing that and I'm like, okay, well, I just go and wait. I just go be patient, you know. And so, so while I was producing these commercials, everything, whatever, so my mom uh, gave me a call one day, and um, and she said she said, "Well, I'm being sworn in as the executive assistant to Mayor Kunimura, and we're having the swearing uh, ceremony. You know, she gave me the date, everything, and she said, "Would you like to come?" And so you know, and I was thinking about him. I go, "Ah, oh, I know I'm success yet. You <laughs> know, like I never go home ten years, right?" And so I go, ah, now I'm success yet. Eh, I know I go home yet. And, you know, and I was thinking about him. And then this voice inside my, in the back of my head, this voice in the back of my head said, bro, if you don't go back for your mother, you're full of crap. So, so I, you know, I thought about him and I, okay. So I told my mother, okay, I'm coming. And um, so I went back, right? So this is 10 years later. So 10 years away from home, right? And I, I go back. And um, I go to her swearing-in ceremony. When I get back, when the plane lands, I'm, I'm looking at this new airport that I had no idea was built, right? This new airport. Right? I'm like, whoa, new airport. And this is only 10 years away. 10 years. Whoa, new airport, okay? I land at the new airport, everything. Oh, okay, on the way home, we go home. I'm like, hey, look at all these new buildings. New buildings in town. Right, new businesses in town that wasn't there when I left. Right, and this is ten years. This is only ten years. I took a drive to Kapa'a Town, right, and and I looked at all the buildings and I'm like, hey, they, these are the old buildings, but all new business, like like everything new, right. And so um, they invited me up to the high school. Uh, shortly after that, like a couple years after that. They invited me to the high school to speak at the graduating class for the graduating class. Um, 
because I was on the radio, right? And, you know, and, and when I walked in the gym, the student body did not look like the student body that, that I saw when I was in school. I mean, these guys were, you know, mostly the majority of them was Caucasian. And I'm like, whoa. So, you know, I asked my mom, hey, what happened in 10 years of it? So, well, a lot of the people, you know, from the mainland moved down here. Uh, they, they retired. They made a lot of money in the mainland. They retired. They started businesses here. So everything looked different. I mean, every everything looked different. You know, and, and I went for my mom and, and everything. It wasn't wasn't for me. And, I, you know, saw her got sworn in. The, you know, the judge swore her in. And she became the executive assistant uh, to the mayor. And I was like, whoa, okay. And and then, you know, they, they kind of, the per, natural progression, right? So the mayor, you know, kind of groomed her. And eventually, you know, she ran for office and became mayor. And and that, that's another story for another podcast. But, but the... You know, the thing that, that I noticed anyway was that home was really, really different. And it was only 10 years. Now, over here, the 10 years over here, but everything was kind of the same. I mean, you know, it, to me, it, it was kind of the same. But Kauai is a small place, right? So I was looking at, wow, everything was different. It was like I was Rip Van Winkle and, and I went sleep. And then when I woke up, wow, everything was different. You know, I was lost. I was actually lost over there for, for a little while. You know, I was looking around at stuff, and I'm like, hey, wow, this is nothing like when I left. And it was only 10 years. So 10 years made a big difference. 10 years over here, no no big difference. 10 years back home, big difference, right? And and we was looking, you know, we, we, we went down Hanalei. We went all over, Waimea Canyon, everything. The, the, the basic outline of everything was the same. It was just that a lot of people came to town. You know, this one guy came and he brought bison. We never had bison on Kauai. And he go, now he, he go on bison ranch. I mean, you know, so, so a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff did change. A lot of development did happen. You know, where, where there once was, uh, right. This was really, really funny because this place was, there, there was a stretch of land that was all sugarcane field, but it was on a cliff. It was on a mountain, on a, on a cliff. And what they did was they they sold the the sugarcane, the agriculture land. They sold them, so so the developer got them real cheap, right? And he he just took out all the sugarcane, and he put it he put in his development. And now the development was on a cliff overlooking the ocean, multi million dollar homes up there. Up there. I'm, I'm like, whoa! So, I mean, you know, I I looked over there and I'm like, wow, this place is different, kind of the same, but different, you know. And that that was ten years. So so you know. And and that was just the reason I'm telling you guys this is that progress can happen right overnight, and and sometimes in a in a short span of time everything change right, and and I see the young people of today right, they they're resisting a lot of the change, um, they're not they're not exactly resisting change in itself, but I think what it is is they they're looking at at these things as as irresponsible change versus responsible change you know so and I, and I think it's good i think it's good that the kids are are um wise to this you know like in our day we we didn't have technology you know when they first went up to the tmt when they first went up there they they met with a little resistance with the sheriffs and and the, the law enforcement people right and um one day this video was circulating around uh, on Facebook, and I got it in Messenger. Somebody sent it to me. 
uh, I, I don't know why, but people send stuff to me, like, if it involves government or whatever. I think, I, I don't know if it's because of my mom or whatever, but or my friends or whatever, but they send me all kinds of stuff. And so this guy was filming, and it, this law enforcement guys was, like, chasing these guys in Jeeps and stuff. And they were filming live on Facebook Live, and they, they filmed it, and they, they sent it around, like, they were sending it around to everybody. So... In this day and age, you know, you cannot you cannot get away with stuff like you could before. I mean, it, it's very different. And the kids, the kids know this and they're filming everything. I mean, you know, so so people have to become responsible for their actions because they hold it to them. You know, they, they hold them to it. And, and I, you know, on one hand, I think it's a good idea. On the other hand, I, I think, well, maybe, you know, maybe maybe it's a little forceful. Maybe it's a little whatever, but... You know, I think transparency is always good, Hawaiians, you know. So how did the law of attraction, you know, work in, in this in this situation that when, when I went home, everything was different, you know. Well, the, the law of attraction says that like attracts like. And I was attracted to something outside of where I was, you know. So I was attracted to, to Honolulu. I was attracted to Waikiki. I was attracted to the entertainment industry and, you know, all that stuff. And for the most part, you know, I consider myself unsuccessful in the entertainment industry. But what happened was, you know, we, we started we started building our businesses and and because of the popularity that, that happened on the radio with me, um, we, we went in, we had our wedding and party business, right? And so the law of attraction, you know, uh, the law of attraction will, will or or let's let's say it another way, instead of saying the universe, uh, let's say God. So God will give you what you want. But it may not be as like you thought you was going to get it, you know. And, and some people like like on TikTok and stuff, you know, I have a page where I teach the law of attraction. And uh, a lot of these kids are asking me stuff like that. You know, they, they, they say, OK, how come, you know, how come it, it doesn't turn out the way we want, but we still get it or but we get it in a not a way. Right. And this is old expression. It says that God uh, will give you things. You know, uh, but not necessarily, it won't necessarily come the way you think it's going to come, but it'll come the way God will, will, you know, design it for you or give it to you or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's the way it's going to get, that's the way you're going to have it, you know, because the, the circumstances that surround it may be a little different. The dynamics, the parameters might be a little different, you know, because, because all you need to do is focus on the outcome. You know, focus on the outcome. Like, if you're a politician, focus on yourself winning the election, being in office. Never mind how. The how is God's job. You know? If you want to be like like me, I wanted to be an entertainer, right? And I got to be an entertainer. But then it was my own business. And we made a lot... You know, as a result, we made a lot more money than if I had to go gig and and haul my instruments around and, you know, go to the, the gigs and stuff. And, and, bro, I have the highest respect for the guys that do that. I mean, that's a tough job and that's a tough life. It is a tough life when you got to pack up and you got to go. Some of these musicians I talk to, you know, then they're, they're kind of getting up there in age. They're in their 40s and 50s and, and they're still going. And, and they tell me, oh, bro, hard, you know. And I go, really? And they go, oh, bro, because, you know, I want to be where they are. You know, and because the grass always looks greener, Hawaiians always looks greener, you know, and I go, wow, I like be like them. I, I like go play over here at the hotel and, and go over there and do that and, and go on Japan trips and go. And they go, bro, you know, when we go to Japan, 
we just go. We touch down at the airport. Bro, they drive us to the thing and we work. And then we go back to the hotel. Only get enough time for sleep. Then then they get us up. Bro, we got to go to the next gig. We play the next gig. So, so what they tell me is like by the end of the trip, they are burnt out. And when they come back, all they like do is rest a couple of days. You know what I mean? And they, they go mainland and they work them. They boom, 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 boom. Like, you know, one night here, one night there. And then a couple nights, they travel, they rest. Then one more show, one more show, one more show. Then they come back. You know, the, the thing that is sad about that in Hawaii is that they cannot make the money at home. Right? They can't make the money here. But us guys, we was lucky. We didn't have to go anywhere. Right? So, so here's the law of attraction. Right? So the law of attraction will bring things to you. You don't have to go to it. Okay, so so if you, you know, like you traveling to the mainland to make money and you do six or seven gigs and then you come home. Uh, it, in this situation that we had, uh, we started a wedding and party business was totally by accident. We didn't, we didn't plan it. God planned it for us. And it just happened. You know, so people tell me, oh, yeah, but the law of attraction, you, you got to attract everything. So you, you attracted that? And I'm like, yeah, I attracted that. I, I, I had nothing to do with it. People started inviting me. All I did was sing on the radio, right? And people started inviting me. Pretty soon, I had to buy equipment. Then I had to hire one roadie. Then we, I mean, you know, and, and um, well, we call him a producer. I don't, I don't want to say roadie. I, I don't want to make it cheap like that uh, or make it sound like that. But but that's what it is, really. I mean, you know, but, um, but he's our producer. And, and Sam Jam Spencer has been our producer for over 10 years and, and you know but the kind of the, the way it happened right like the way stuff happened in my life ever since I started using the law of attraction and understanding it bro everything comes I go to I go to the you know I meditate in the morning right I go to the gym I meditate in the sauna by the time I get to the office either somebody writes to me online or or you know books books an appointment online or or we get some kind of checks in the mail or something happens. Something good always happens. So, but the thing, the thing that a lot of people have, have trouble with is recognizing their blessings, right? So you got to recognize your blessings. You know, when I went home and, and everything changed, right? And I go, oh, wow. You know, everything's different. Yeah, everything's different. And then, you know, I set out to accomplish certain things, Right. But I couldn't really make it happen on my own. I had to I had to wait. I had to be patient until everything lined up and then boom. Right? Because it took years and years and years for me to uh you know be on a radio to the point where where Rory Rory Wild would say, Hey, come come join me over here and then I go over there and then boom, everything happened. I mean it took years. So so a lot of times you hear people say, Oh, it took years for me to become an overnight success. And yet that's exactly what happened. But on the radio, it looked like this was like overnight success. It looked like this was just boom, boom, boom. And and it kind of was in a way. But then, but then you know, the, the back story was saying, yeah, I did a lot of $5 an hour kind of jobs uh, in radio in hopes that, that one day I would be in the music industry. And the music industry didn't happen. I mean, it didn't happen like that. What happened was we... we we got a business brought to us. And that was a blessing. Oh, that was a blessing, Hawaiians. Because we didn't have to play the game that other people played. We didn't have to go through the producing thing. We didn't have to go through the drugs thing. We didn't have to go through the, you know, the ugly side. And we was protected like that. 
You know, a lot of people think we was protected because of other things and the people we know. And we was like, no, we was protected by God because of the parameters of what we was doing. And it was a business. It wasn't the industry. So if it was the industry, you know, I don't know what would happen, but it wouldn't look like that. I'll tell you one thing, but, but you know, being in the, being in the, the wedding and party business, right? You know, you always look at the industry and you go, oh, I like to do that. I like, I like to do that. You know, and then you talk to the guys in the industry and they go, oh, bro, you lucky. You get, you get wedding and party business. Or we got to go mainland. We got to do this. We got to do that. And, you know, and they give me their scenario. But when they put them on social media, it looks good, right? They, they stay in Japan. They take picture. You know, they're eating. They take picture. They, you know, take picture of everything. But it's, it's a work uh, detail. It's a, it's a job. You know, they go for work. They don't go for vacation. The pictures look like vacation, but no, they're working. You know, that's just pictures, right? But they come home and they, they, they tell me about that. So that was always the blessing for us, that things came to us. I mean, I cannot tell you how many things just came. You know, Don Ho came into my life. That that just came. All I had to do was desire that. You know, I desired playing music and doing shows. Boom. The wedding and party business was born by accident. That was an accident. My school happened by one accident. I mean, you know, I was just teaching at home, right? All of a sudden, a lady twists her ankle. They, they try to sue my landlord. My landlord gave me $2,000. Here, start your school. Boom. And we, we went into a commercial space. A lot of people think, oh, but yeah, he's mother, that's why. He's mother and give him money, we buy him on school. No, 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 no. No, this all happened from the law of attraction. And when we started applying the law of attraction to our teaching, that's when things went through the roof. Because our students started getting the kind of development that they can't get anywhere else. And and the the teaching style, the the, the actual teaching, like like started opening up and started getting deeper and, and getting results quicker. You know, and because we we started understanding how the human being is made. We started understanding how the human being works. We started understanding things about the human being that you know other voice teachers either don't know or they just don't use and we started using them and it's all law of attraction for example i give you an example when i teach my students okay so at the bottom of everything i'm a teacher my mom's a teacher my dad's a teacher i'm a teacher i mean it just kind of it you know my mom always told me teaching is inbred it's inbred right so it's it's built into you and and i come from two teachers so my dna is all is all teaching right and it, if you want to be really good at something, you got to teach them. There's an old expression that says, if you really want to learn something, teach it, right? Because in order to teach it, you got to learn, right? It forces you to learn. It forces you to bump up your game. In turn, what we do is we have our students perform in public. When that happens, right, they know they got to bring the A game. And they bump up their game and their self-confidence goes through the roof. But here's one thing that we started doing even before we started thinking about the law of attraction. Okay. We eliminated all negatives from our teaching. Okay. Now, I've been in halal uh, scenarios. I've been around halal and I've seen the way some of them teach. And I see the way they break down their, their kids and they break them down until they literally break down. And then they build them up. They, they build them up from there. And maybe that works with hula. Maybe maybe that's good for hula. I don't know. I'm not a kumu hula. Uh, I'm not involved in that kind of stuff. So so I cannot, I cannot make any judgments. But what I can tell you is when you eliminate negatives from teaching, 
in voice or or just teaching in general i i think um but i only know it in my in my profession right in teaching voice um the learning excels because you don't put any roadblocks up okay so we don't use any you know when, when i teach i don't use any negatives i don't tell my students no not like that that's wrong or or don't do it like that i don't say things like that you know or that's that's the wrong way to do it i i don't say things like that so we leave out all the negatives and the learning process is accelerated because human beings catch on so quick right human beings you know what i'm saying so so that was one thing that we started doing even before we started using the law of attraction now we use the law of attraction with our students and we actually explain stuff about the law of attraction but we don't we don't really put it like it's the law of attraction we just explain it like it's part of our curriculum and when we do that the the learning excels and you know some of these people they they come to me right and and they they think they're a big challenge and they go wow well, I, I cannot sing you know like ah i never could sing and you know blah 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 i say okay come just just spend a couple months with me in in the by the end of the second month they're singing and they can't believe they cannot believe what's going on they cannot believe they're singing and they go whoa you know because i know every human being can sing right it's just certain things and and a lot of it is self confidence and the self confidence happens cuz everybody in hollywood is 10 feet tall right bruno mars is probably 50 feet tall right and then you know you can tell somebody oh bruno mars song and they go, oh no i can't do bruno mars song and why how come how come you know can oh cuz it's bruno mars that you know it's bruno mars <laughs> so so hollywood has done a good job of of you know pumping people up like that and and making other people fearful to even try some guys they don't even try they go their whole lives right desiring to sing but they cannot move themselves to pick up the phone and call you know or 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 whatever go online and book an appointment right so so because of that they go their whole lives and they cannot sing and a lot of people that came to us right and and came to me they they go well you know i i wasn't even going to do this but i, I figured ah, i'm going to try and it usually happens around 40 right when they when they start you know they go oh wow i'm not going to be around too much longer i might as well try and they come in and they try and they can you know the, the other people bring their daughters and to me like mostly girls i teach mostly girls over the, the last 30 years and people bring their daughters to me cuz they want their daughters to be confident You know the the boys are confident, right? But the girls, they bring the girls to me that they're shy, they're quiet, you know. And and these girls go out into the world and they don't get taken advantage of. And these girls, I mean they're solid. They they go out into the world confident and and you know, uh from the time that they take voice and stuff, it it's like they're cured already. Paul, it's gone. The fear is gone. And they go out and they succeed. If you want information about the school, just go to voicemaster.org. voicemaster.org and you can get a hold of me and, and you know if any of this pertains to you if you need to hear this then then there you go voicemaster.org now for the law of attraction go to hereforyou.live i only have so many i only take five clients at a time because i need to keep the quality of service going right i only take five uh, students at a time right now i have three i have two spaces available and just go to hereforyou.live fill out the contact form and then uh, I can help you with the law of attraction. A lot of people go, "Oh, but I I don't think I can do it." You know, it it's uh it, it's it's uh interferes with my religion or this or that or whatever. I'm like, "No, no, you don't understand. God is inside of you. The law of attraction is inside of you. 
Guarantee. All you got to do is believe that you can. I mean, it's in the Bible. I mean, you know, go to go to Mark 21, 22, you know, uh, or I'm sorry, that's Matthew 21, 22, you know, where it talks about if you, you know, basically if you pray for something, believing that you're going to receive, you're going to receive. It, it will happen. Uh, the turn of events, you will not be able to control the turn of events. It would just happen in such a way and then boom, you will get it. You know, so so the other thing I'm going to leave you with, Hoings, is when when money comes, it doesn't matter where it comes from. You know, sometimes it comes from somebody that owes you money from years ago and you go, oh, wow, he owed me money. Yeah, but if it was years ago, why he only contacting you now? You see? So you, you got to dismiss all coincidence and you got to either live with God or you live without God. You got to live with God and go, okay, everything is because of God. And God is doing everything, right? Or God is doing nothing. A lot of religious people I know, they're the most religious guys. They go to church every Sunday, right? And they will swear that a certain amount of things in their life is all God. You know, and I love God. I love Jesus. I love, you know, all that stuff, right? But then when, when you know, when, when other things, when they're presented with other things that they got to have faith in, right, to, to happen, right? Because God's going to make it happen in their life. They cannot wrap their mind around it. And so to me, to me, you have a double standard in that situation. You either believe all in God or, or you don't believe. You know what I mean? It's that simple. I mean, you know, but with the law of attraction, you got to believe. You got to put your faith and, and you got to keep that faith. Keeping the faith is the hardest part. But once you keep your faith, Hawaiians, right? Oh, I got to go again. Hey, but once you keep your faith, Hawaiians, right? Things going to happen. Guaranteed. Because if there's one thing I knew in my life with, with my career, with all the stuff I did, I knew what was going to happen, right? And I still get some stuff that I know going to happen coming up. I mean, it doesn't matter. Relationships, jobs, money, it doesn't matter. How I, okay, keep the faith. Hey, we, uh, this podcast is being brought to you by Island Club and Spa, Voice Master Enterprises, and AFM Hawaii Music featuring the music of Darren Janine. It's uh, on iTunes right now. Check them out. Until next time, I'm Junior Kekoeva Junior. This is the Wayne Borhe Band right here. It's called Junior's Team. Mahalo. We'll see you guys next time. Aloha.